Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, I'm Kelsey Donegan. I'm a first-year English teacher at St. Petersburg High, the first, the best, and I'm sticking with my union because they stick with me. Unions are how we get fair wages and good working conditions. So please support your local teachers' unions. Welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. As always, I am your lovable, loyal host, Brennan Pickett. I am the FDA director and co-chair of the Fire Committee, and with me is my best friend and my comrade-at-arms. Go ahead. I am Philip Belcastro. I am also co-chair of the Fire Committee here at PCTA. And also, I was just re-elected to my position by acclamation. <laughs> it was a hard election, but I did it. So you got it was th- very tough. I got three more years. All right. Um, with us today, we have two special guests. Um, one of which I would consider my union dad, and the other you already know them. So go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Uh, I'm Dr. Anna Margiata. I'm a first-year teacher. I teach AP Chemistry and Pre-AP Chemistry. And I'm uh, Lee Bryant. I'm a first year, no, I'm a 28th year teacher. Uh, that's why I'm probably his dad. Uh, I teach uh, economics and I've taught a lot of government over the years also. <laughs> Lee has been the person who's literally, well, he was the guy that recruited me first and foremost. He's the one who got me in the union, but he's also taught me everything I know about the union and why I'm doing this today. He's also been the one that's pushed me into doing all this stuff. Besides running for rep, that's the only thing I've ever done on my own, I think, is running for rep. But everything else came from Lee, of course. So, we're here, and we brought the big guns today, because we're talking about something just for our PCTA listeners today, and that is, how do we organize? Now, if you know one thing about St. Petersburg High School is that we're the first and the best, first and foremost, but second thing is, we usually keep a pretty high enrollment when it comes to union membership. Yep. So, I want to start by going around the room, right? I want to hear your opinions and your stories here. Why did you ultimately choose to join the union, right? We all have our own reasons, and I kind of want to hear like our own perspectives here. Why did you ultimately decide to join? So I'm going to go from my left, Dr. Adam. Yeah, so I'm a first-year teacher. I joined the union like pretty shortly after I started here. Um, I met both of you, Phil and Brendan, on my first day here, with you all coming into my room and asking me to join the union. (laughs) Um, I don't think I signed up immediately that same day, but I was always sort of, like, planning on doing it, and that is more because of my own, like, personal um, beliefs. And then also, like, as an academic who has studied equity, um, I'm, I'm kind of, I have expertise in equity, and I have a lot of understanding about the ways that power and privilege work in our society, and it is important to group up with other people 
if you are a person who does not have a lot of power in order to gain more power to get things done in your society, right? Right. Um, so I was always going to join it. You guys were nice. Uh, I wanted to learn a little bit more about it before I actually joined it. My initial hesitation of like not immediately signing up was just like, what's up with this union? Do we actually do anything? Do I want to be part of this? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I signed up within a month. Yeah, so. and Anna's a good example of someone who's not going to join right away. Like you had to actually think about it a little bit, right? And we had to go and talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy idea, um, <laughs> Lee. Uh, yeah, I've been around a while, uh, and yeah, I grew up in a uh, a different age. Uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to be an air traffic controller. And I was going to join the Navy for that, and I got talked out of it because they said the job is just too insane. Mm. Too many alcoholics, too many drug users, the pressure of juggling airplanes was just crazy. And while I was in the Navy, uh, the air traffic controllers went on strike in the United States. Mm. 1,300 air traffic controllers walked out. Uh, Ronald Reagan ordered them back to work and then started firing. He fired 1,200 of them uh, two days later. And he disbanded the entire union uh, within a, uh, within a month or two after it, and and it was a uh, it was pretty weird to see that. Yeah. But I also developed a bad habit of reading while I was in the navy, <laughs> more than science fiction, which is what I read in high school. And I started reading history and started learning about the history of of the labor movement and the history of a lot of things that I was just not exposed to, having grown up in Florida schools in the seventies, where we did not learn a lot. Right. Uh, I got out, I banged around for a while, I, I started teaching while I was 34, and I came to St. Pete High. This is the only school I've taught at. <laughs> and uh, the two of the former presidents of our union were teachers at St. Pete High. Oh, no way. <laughs> One was a gunnery sergeant in the Marines, former uh, president of the union, and the two of them uh, ganged up on me in my first year and, and started uh, browbeating me about joining the union. And uh, I joined and uh, they were such a lifesaver to me because I got really, really sick when I first started teaching. I had a uh, stage three cancer wow. and the union stepped in and just did so much for me hmm. to take care of me. I didn't go to the American Cancer Society and, and get all the help that they offer because I had St. Pete High and the union Mm. Uh, standing up for me the entire time. And they were so supportive. I mean, meals, uh, working with me to keep my classroom, because I had to come to work as often as I could. Uh, But it was really, really important. Uh, I think, you know, probably helps uh, keep me alive, because it was a really tough cancer. Mm. And uh, I got active in the union. I didn't get as active as I could be until my mom and dad passed away. And then I got much more active, and have been ever since. Wow. Uh, what kind of cancer is that, Lee? Uh, you would not have heard of it. It's, it was, <laughs> probably not. It was a stage three leiomyosarcoma. Okay, never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go to MD Anderson in Texas for uh, wow. the treatment. That's, that's incredible. Thank yeah, you. That's really powerful. It's like almost like a union is an organization of humans helping other humans and like being compassionate for each other, you know? What a concept. Wow. Wow. And if you we talk could only good. figure out how to do that <laughs> yeah. on scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so real quick, Lee, so you're saying if I teach at St. Pete High and join the Space Force, I can come back and become union president? Just yeah, to follow that trajectory? Absolutely. Wow. Were any of them from New York also? Uh, no. Oh, darn it. No. <laughs> well, two, two out of three ain't bad, You'll be I guess. the first. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well, no, we've had way too many presidents. I was say there's so a lot of union presidents. Nothing personal, <laughs> Mike or Nancy, but <laughs> yeah. it's time to wrest control of the union away well, from New York. I like a nice, strong tradition of uh, New York bo- uh, union bosses, you know? See, I, I, meant feel like sp- a- I meant specifically a New Yorker who was in the Space Force. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> well, that well, would be limiting the pool a little yeah. bit more. Well, yeah. fitting, fitting in with St. Peter's tradition, I will be the first and the best at that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so I I joined uh, like pretty much day one because I already I knew Brennan and you know we kind of connected on day one, and uh, he was like, "You ever think about joining the union?" I said, "Yes, sign me up," and it was pretty much that quick. I think. <laughs> um, I I am from New York, so my family has like a huge tradition of you know we've we've all been Teamsters and Meatpackers Union and stuff like that, um, and actually one of the first things I do at all of my many millions of jobs is ask if there is a union. And sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. Um, Part of the reason I do that is because of um, tradition and strength of community and things like that. Um, But also having left New York, I know that Florida is a right to work state, which is, you know, kind of a a soft way of putting a right to get fired whenever they feel like it's right to get paid less. Right. So it's one of those like misnomer type of things. So looking for, um, uh, collective protection, you know, like labor unions is something that I'm always on the lookout for, particularly in this state. Um, and similar to Lee's story, my, um, my grandfather and father were Teamsters for forever, right? And um, during the 80s, uh, I know that my own dad's union protections were diminished over time. Um, so I know that I know that having a strong union is important because I remember being a kid and being like, we got to go to the dentist. We're losing dental next year. Or like, we got to go to the eye doctor. We're losing eye protection, you know, next year. So I remember seeing it become less and less and less. And my, my grandfather, my mom's stepdad, um, if you've seen the movie, the Irishman, he was one of the people that had his pension wiped out by, Mm -hmm. by mob bosses. So knowing that things could be worse and that things have been better is something that is sort of ingrained in my like genetic fabric so knowing that we do need to stick together we do need to work together and protect each other against outside forces is is and has always been and always will be very important to me particularly protecting the labor force and workers right i guess it's up to me now um if you want to know one thing about me was i worked at the olive garden for seven years i actually worked one year there while i was teaching here it was the worst decision in my life don't work two jobs and teach it's uh it's not good um anyway i was a bartender at olive garden and i was this bright-eyed 19 year old who always wanted to attend bar at the olive garden because at the time when i started the bartenders made hourly they had they get they used to get raises hourly raises they got tipped and they got tipped out from the floor so it was always by like personal so like i would go up to my bartender like hey here's 10 bucks take care of me tonight right so i thought whoa that's like big money i'm 19 i've never seen more than a hundred dollars before this is gonna be great well i got into the job because the corporate side so darden restaurants they decided one day they're going to they were going to essentially get rid of the hourly deal, right? And they were going to bring every bartender down to $5.50, which I think is uh, Florida law. So we had bartenders in my restaurant who had been working there for like 30 years, right? And they were up to like 
crazy. Like think, this is like 2011. So they were making like $12, $15 an hour <sighs> plus tip. Wow. Plus tip out. They were banking, right? They had houses. They had new cars. They were doing great, right? And they actually loved their job. It was a crazy concept of loving your job. <laughs> they quit. And I got thrown into it. And I watched a bunch of people who have been at this restaurant for decades just up and quit and got out, got different jobs, right? And I, there were some that stayed. And I, I just watched them kind of like more and more hate that place. And I slowly went into there. But what ended up happening was I went to one of them, the older people. Um, Linda, if you're ever listening to this, I love you. Um, and I was like, Linda, why don't we strike? This is crazy. Why, why, don't we, why aren't we striking about this? This is, this is insane. And she goes, we can't do no union here. And she's like this weirdo southerner who's like yelling at me about unions. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's stupid, right? And it always stuck with me. And I started doing more research on what unions are, right? And it's not just striking, obviously, right? There's more than unions than just striking. But what I'm trying to say is when I became a teacher, I immediately went to another teacher and was like, hey, is there a union here? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Um, do we, can I join that? And then next thing you know, I have Lee swinging up my door saying, come on, we're going upstairs. And I sat in a meeting and I learned, it's like, whoa, we, we like get raises from our union. We, you know, we get benefits from our union. They protect me. It, it, all this stuff that I wish I had for seven years as a bartender, which I did not have, right? If my right. boss didn't like me, they could tell me to stop coming to work the next day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen here because I have a union and a contract and all that stuff that comes along with it, right? So that's why... It was not a hard sell for me. I wanted to join the union since I got here, and that's how it happened. Yeah, but you were a beginning teacher, and you were sitting in your room, yeah. which so often happens. Yes. I had already invited you to the meeting. Yes. <laughs> and the meeting was about to start, and I'm like, he's not here. <laughs> so walk down, and you're like all beginning teachers. You're yeah. just overwhelmed with work, and yeah. you're sitting there at your desk. You're like, no, come on, let's go. <laughs> I still have that. It's like a core memory of you just swinging on my door. Like, come on. I'm like, what? 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 And you're like, there's a meeting. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I went up to your room and you handed me the application. And I was like, uh, he's like, you're like, fill it out. And I, okay, I filled it out. And I'm like, that's it. And you're like, that's it. I'm like, I'm in the union. And you're like, you're in the union. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And it's been a party ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, I like that. Thank you guys. Um, moving ahead, though, I want to look at. How do we organize? Um, I'm going to move it to someone else. Well, I just wanted yeah. to say, like, what you just described with Lee is, like, an example of being very compassionate but also being pushy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not both. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing. That's, like, part of it, like, to get people to join. You have to be, like, really compassionate and listen to them and, like, care about them. Like, you knew he was a first-year teacher sitting there by himself, so you went to him because you cared. <laughs> um, and then it's also, like, come on, let's do it. Here's the action step that you need to do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the school is very different than it was when I first started, where we would, uh, the teacher's lunchroom was packed. Wow. Teachers mm. would be down there just having a, a good time. There was a nice place. They, they gave us good food, uh, different from what the they students gave, were getting. Yeah. They gave you food? They, you know, well, they sold us food, but oh, it was okay. really uh, really inexpensive. And there was whiskey? Uh, no, well, <laughs> that would be after Card the after games. party. Uh, <laughs> but we had a great time, and they have dumped so much work on so many teachers and re- re- upped the expectations of how many minutes you have to invest in the day. That you go to the teacher's lunchroom, there is no teacher's lunchroom. Yeah. Before school, we would be meeting in the teacher's lounge up uh, right around the corner from you. And there would be 12, 
15 teachers in there. That's uh, great. We had a teacher who ran a coffee mess in there in the mornings. Nice. We would just have the big, big old percolator urns of coffee, <laughs> you know, and we would just hang out. And there is not a lot of that anymore. Okay. You're listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Philip, and also veteran teacher, uh, Lee Bryant, and Dr. Adam Margiata. Um, we're going to continue talking about organizing, membership organizing. Um, that right there, what you just described, Lee, was basically my idea. When I'm, So let's talk about the clubhouse we have right now and how this is how we get people, right? This is our secret, right? But once upon a time, <laughs> our secret that we broadcast. Yeah. Here's our secret. Yeah. Seriously, do this. You guys are all in on the secret. When Phil started here, we already knew each other kind of. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you want to get a beer? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. What's around? I don't know. Let's go to three dollars. I went there like a few times. It's okay. They have food. Okay. Yeah, food is the selling. Yeah, we went there and went to food. And we were sitting there and I'm like, okay, want to do this again next week? Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, there's a new teacher. Can I bring a new teacher? Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> so we brought Rizel. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. And then Rizel was like talking about joining. I was like, oh, what if we just kept like inviting new teachers Pretty here? Much. Became their friends. <laughs> and then hey, hey, you ever thought about like joining the union? Yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. So now, this is, this is how I organize, guys. Um, I go into new teachers' classrooms. I try to make genuine relationships with them. I get to know them. I invite them out. I offer to help them. I, I just try to like be helpful. Right? I, know I, want, I want them to be a part of this community, so I invite them out so they can make friends. We go out for beers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I buy them a beer, right? And then it's all, it's all gravy from there, right? Um, Dr. Anna, being Dr. Anna, brought a research article to the table, <laughs> and I'm it. going to introduce it now. Um, this is by Kelly McElroy, Lessons from the Field, Organizing a Faculty Union in the Era of Janus. Janus referring to the Supreme Court decision. Right. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know what that is. What is that? So it's... Um, Essentially, it was a 5-4 decision that ended agency fees within public sector unions, and agency fees were the fees that non-members paid to the union to help with bargaining. God, I wish we had that. Non-members paid into Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. In union states, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And that was, like, never really a thing here because we are the, what's the word? Right to work. Right to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, when that happened, this university... They had to get 50% plus one of the eligible bargaining union union to sign authorization cards affirming their support to keep the union going. And so this is this article is a whole bunch of like lessons from that experience. Interesting. And one of the things in here was um, staffers began speaking to faculty. The first now annual barbecue was held in the summer of 2014. So just like uh, yeah. getting to people, getting people together over food, that's what COVID, you're saying. Uh, COVID kind of killed this, but uh, one of the things we did with the union uh, back in the day was at least once a year we would have a feast. You know, people from the union would bring in the food. I was, uh, I love to cook, so mm-hmm. I was uh, ro- uh, grilling chicken and bringing in big pans of chicken. Right. And, and we would just uh, do chicken and yellow rice and black beans and salads. And, and that was in my room. We would have the union members bring in food. And, yeah. and once a year at least. And super fan Shannon Vincent had mentioned that we should do membership drives, like a banquet at the union hall probably in the future, where it's like, hey, bring a non-member. 
you know, mm-hmm. everyone's invited, but every member should bring a non-member yeah. with them, right? And we've talked also, um, uh, Jamie kind of instigated this, and we've, we've kicked it around, but, you know, us being busy, we never really brought it to fruition yeah. of doing like a fire type of, uh, you yeah. know, a union drive, mm-hmm. F-Y-R-E, fire union drive, um, of just getting, you know, a brewery to sort of co-sponsor or host us, be like, hey, can we just invite a bunch of Pinellas teachers here? You give us like like a one free drink token or something, yeah. and you kind of advertise it, we advertise it. Um, and that's something we've talked about and I still think is a, a very good and viable idea. We just right. haven't executed it because we, we just get busy. Yeah, sorry, Jamie. Yeah, sorry, Jamie. But if you are if you, if you are an entire brewery and you are listening right now, please reach out to the, uh, what is our email, Brian? It is PCTA fired as F-Y-R-E pod at gmail.com. So PCTA fire pod at gmail.com. Yeah, please reach out to me. It's my email. Yeah, yeah. Green Bench was formed uh, by a couple of St. Pete High students. Yeah, I really? know that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that is a thing that we do want to do. It's just we haven't had the time to kind of kick that gear into motion. So yeah, they gotta have food. If you have, if you're a brewery with food, we need food. Yeah. yeah. If you are an entire brewery with food, email yeah. us. Food and other things besides just beer, of course, because we have we need options. Right. And some people want to bring their kids. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> yeah. So. Lee, how do you organize? How do you do it, right? Uh, well, like you said, when uh, when I started getting in, I had tons of supplies. And when people would come into the school, I would, uh, fortunately, one of our reps is the person who issues computers mm-hmm. and laptops. Uh, hi, Colleen. And she's really good at uh, meeting people and letting us know who's new to the school. Because quite often, she'll know who's new to the school before anybody else does. Right. Because they've got to get their equipment to start teaching. And she'll mm-hmm. let me know who it is. I'll walk in with supplies. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to be in the union, but I've been here for a long time. I know what's going on in the place. If you have any questions, come see me. We'll see what we can do. There's an old thing in the unions, uh, uh, best friend, new friend. Yeah, first friend, best yeah, friend, yeah, is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, first friend, best friend. And, you, you know, hey, I have some hanging fire folders here. You're going to need these, you know. And, and you check in on them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the whole thing of becoming a friend and a mentor. Right. Uh, like uh, when Ramsey came in and he was, like, overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, listen, let's break this down for you. Here's what you have to do. Right, mm-hmm. and that's a very small list of what you have to do. Yeah, here's what you can do. That's a bigger list. Here's what you want to do. That's a very long list. Right, because you're young and bright, and you want to do all this stuff. You can't do all that stuff. <laughs> you can't. You have to do what you have to do. What you can do, you you weed that in. You weave that into your program, and then eventually you'll get down to what you want to do. Right, but you got to you got to go in there and give them the support because this job. It's really difficult. It's rough. And that's kind of what we do every, we call it preschool here, where it's the, it's the few weeks before school starts where you and I will get, like, the list of all the new people. We'll go to like, all the faculty meetings. I'm like, all right, all right. So sometimes we divvy it up. I'm like, all right, Lee, you talk to these people. I'll talk to these people. And we make sure that first week, and we did this year, me and Phil, actually, we went into Dr. Adams' room. Mm-hmm. We um, went into a lot of different teachers' rooms and just um, introduced ourselves Ask them how their day is going. 
ask them if they have any questions. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at the end, if we feel like it, we'll slip in a, have you ever thought about doing a union before? Right. Oh, but mostly for me, it's, hey, on Fridays, I go out with my friends, and you're invited to hang out with us. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it does very... I think it starts very much on that personal level. And I, I get why people are hesitant or resistant. I mean, super fan Shannon Vincent even said, you know, the money is like a big issue it for is, a lot is. of people. Um, there's the money. There's the idea of like, well, I don't know, is this a thing I really need? Like Dr. Adam was saying. Um, and again, from my own experience and, and, you know, way of growing up and everything, I feel like it is one of those things that you don't know you need it until you need it. It's kind of like insurance, right? So we were t- talking on the way back from a meeting that it's it's kind of like job insurance. That's like a really basic way of explaining it. But it's like <laughs> saying that like you have, you have a, ne- a support network of people who will be there looking out for you, but it's the looking out that is important. But part of the problem right now is because of that concerted effort back in the uh, 70s and the 80s to mm-hmm. to just kill the unions. Yeah, so many people have no experience with what they a union no does for exactly. Them. Right, uh, right. Especially down in in uh, the right to work states where they have not been exposed to them at all. Yeah. It's like less than 10 percent of people belong to mm-hmm. uh, private sector un- or mm-hmm. unions now. Uh, that's like 30 percent belong to public sector unions. With a lot of us being teachers. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the percentage of people in the union is so low that people don't know what unions can do for them. And that's what we really have got to reach out and go, this is what a union does. This is what Mm -hmm. we can do for you, but we have to do it together. Right. And unfortunately, I feel like it's gotten very political lately, you know, where people associate unions with being a Democrat or progressive. And it's not that at all. It's not. It's about workers' rights. Right. And we have very conservative members in our union. We do. And, they are out there on the bargaining table with us trying to get the same thing that we all want. It is not a Democrat Republican kind of thing. It's a no, we're all, in, it's a union. It's a union of workers. We're all in this together. Let's make When I this. joined the Navy, I was a Republican. <laughs> I had voted for Reagan the first time because, yeah. you know, I, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then I did the reading. And after I got out, I became a, an MPA in Florida. That's no party affiliation. Mm-hmm. And I was no party affiliation most of my life. Mm-hmm. Most of my life. I, I did not want to belong to a party. Right, right. I just wanted to do what was right. Yeah. Same. We were um, actually having a similar conversation about switching parties and stuff. Well, uh, yeah. So I was going to say I am a Republican right now. Um, and then also what we were talking about, I just kind of want to state it very clearly. Like as a person with social anxiety, a lot of what we're talking about is it is important to go up to other people and have conversations that are a little bit difficult and a little bit awkward and feel a little bit weird. Um, and I think it's important to like state that clearly. And I thought it was really interesting in this article, McElroy mm-hmm. 2019, she talked explicitly about this, how um, an organizing conversation can feel a little awkward. Yeah. I found myself noting similarities between the organizing conversation and a reference interaction, another structured form of dialogue, which I thought was really interesting when you have to go to someone with like more power than you and like kind of ask them to do something for you. In this situation, they don't necessarily have more power than us, but we still have to like go to someone and ask them to do something for you in a really Uh structured way. And she goes on to talk about, in both cases, the structure should not compromise the authenticity. And I wanted wanted to see what you thought of that. That is why I try not to mention the union when I'm talking to someone for the first time, Mm -hmm. unless I feel a vibe. If I feel the vibe, then I'll be like, 
you ever thought about doing it before? But mostly when I walk into a teacher's classroom, day one, not even day two, not even day three sometimes, mm-hmm. it is just to say, hey, let's talk. Let's go to a bar. Let's go to a coffee shop. Let's go somewhere with other people and just have a good time and tell me about your work. And what can I get for you? Can I help you? Can I make your job easier? Can I, can I show you what the strength of the union is? Can I, I can get other people to help you as well. Yeah, like, let me show you how to yeah. do focus. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Show you how to do focus. Let me show you how to uh, plan a lesson. Yeah. Let me show you. Oh, you need a filing cabinet? Donigan. I got Donigan a filing cabinet because he had nothing. So mm-hmm. I went. I found him a filing cabinet. I walked it over there and said, here you go, bud. Boom. Yeah. Right? Does anyone here know the slogan, agitate, educate, organize? Yeah, I've heard Absolutely. that. Is that from that report? Is that where it came no, from? No, no, it's not. They, they just uh, reference yeah. it in here. Agitate, you... educate, organize? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, basically, it's like, um, you know, shorthand, helpful way to think about having these conversations. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you just said. At first, you need to, well, the agitate is learn what is bothering these people. Yep. In order to do that, you need to talk to them and be compassionate and authentic. Mm-hmm. And then you also need to always be able to provide information. That's the education. And then the organize is you also always need to offer next steps. Um, and what I was thinking about with that last thing, always have next steps to offer. That might be something good for our union to think about having something that is constantly updated, maybe like on a website or on the social media somewhere, to be like, okay, if you are trying to organize people, this is the thing that you should mm-hmm. be doing right now at the end of these conversations. Yeah. I like that, actually. Like a kit or something. Yeah. 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 I, I just thought it was really helpful the way that she was like structuring these uncomfortable conversations, especially for someone like me who has a hard time with that. Or I feel like it's even better to have like, hey, if you hear these common problems, here are common solutions that the union's working towards to solve. Mm-hmm. And you can weave that into a conversation. Oh, you have a problem with um, class size amendment, right? Well, the union wants to have your class sizes smaller, so let's try to power that up a little bit, you know? Oh, you hate your pay? What if I told you we get together and we <laughs> bargain at a table with the district to get your pay up, right? right. Yeah, we actually just learned um, today we got our, our A-plus bonus that bonuses similar to what um, DeSantis has in his educators, his empowering educators proposal, bonuses are taxed much, much higher than salary. I I made a union reference actually in the group chat. I was like, this is why we're mad about bonuses. We want raises, folks. 22% is a lot of money. We got a, a a pretty decent bonus for being the first and the best. And, <laughs> and then they took a lot of it back. <laughs> yeah, but what, but what Anna mentioned a minute ago was uh, the 50% plus one representation to have the union. Uh, Governor DeSantis wants to bump that up to 60%. Mm-hmm. 60%. It's been at 50% since, I think, 1968 mm-hmm. when uh, we had the big strike in Florida. Right. And Florida right. was the nation that led in uh, teacher strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been 50%. And now they want to do 60 and there's only one reason you want to jack it up that high. Yeah, and they're literally moving the field goal. Yeah, absolutely. They're like digging it up with a pen <laughs> and hooking the crane to the field goal post. Yeah, yeah. Let's just put that back over here now. <laughs> All right. So we're running out of time. So I guess we're going to end it here. And But before we sign off, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to do our based awards. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's Brennan. 
One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's Public Schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F Y R E pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, Unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back. Um, so we're going to start at base words. So remember, based is something that is so crazy or so great or something memorable from the week, rather, because I get it. I'm a ripoff. I rip off NPR. So anything you find from the week before. So we've been gone for like a week. And what do you feel is the most memorable or greatest thing that happened to you? And you can talk about it. Um, so I'm just doing something that happened today. Um, I have a student in one of my classes who, um, he calls me his best friend. Uh, It was like during the first week of class, he was like, hey, Dr. Anna, can we be best friends? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like if I say you're my best friend, I have to say everyone's my best friend. And he was like, that's not true. You're my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to start teaching, actually. I I love it. Um, Anyway, uh, I have a prize wall in my classroom. Every day, my students, if they finish all the classwork that I wanted them to do, I will either give them a sticker or a sticker point. And then the sticker points are just like marks I mark down in a little book. They could save them up and then spend it on stuff on my prize wall. This student, my best friend, is constantly trying to barter with me with stuff off the prize wall, bringing me things, being like, can I do this? Can I do that? And today, the thing that he did, he brought me like a little uh, pin. I don't know how he got it, but it was some sort of Veterans Association pin. And I traded him that for two stickers. 
Wow. And and I love it's adorable. And so I nominate him for my base award. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. I like how he thinks your walls like a South American market. It's adorable. Yeah. Your room has its own like contained economy. Yeah, it does. It does. They there I have a group of boys who want me to bring in a roasted chicken and put that on the prize wall. They keep on asking me how many sticker points for a roasted chicken. Like a real, like a public like rotisserie chicken. Yeah, yeah. From public. Yeah, let me know how much that costs too. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get these stickers? I, yeah. I told them 250 sticker points, and I chose that because it's impossible for them to do that. Like, you know, I don't let them pull their your words. Yeah, I'm going to say you're going to have to like that. What was that that pudding and the airline miles scam where if you if you bought enough pudding, you could get like free flights forever? It's like what the movie Punch Drunk Love is based on. <laughs> Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> we'll edit this out. I know there's a... you bring your salt from the shire, though, for your roast chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did watch this video about this guy who, it was like a Pepsi thing. Like, if you bought enough Pepsi in the 90s or 80s, you can get a fighter jet. And he actually... Oh, yeah. I heard he about did that, it, too. And they couldn't give him the fighter jet because it was, like, owned by the military, obviously. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a long story in economics uh, about the one red paper clip. And the guy mm-hmm. just kept bartering oh, yeah. and bartering and yeah. bartering until he got a house. Yeah, (laughs) right. I was actually telling a student earlier that I'm going to do that with my teaching certificate that I got in Florida. I'll transfer it to another like easy state like Georgia, and I'll just keep going until eventually I get like a New York like teaching certificate, having done none of the qualifications. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, what's your base to work for the week? Uh, You know, I'm getting real tired of all the experts out there that are the expert of the week on whatever the topic of the week is. Uh, I I don't know the whole base to work things because that's something you young people have. I had different language back in the 70s. Groovy. Yeah, well, I remember when tubular was introduced as a, yeah, that's totally tubular, man. I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah. Feeling groovy, babe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did have a quote because I heard y'all talking about how you think you're Lord of the Rings people. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. And, and the fact that you've uh, never read The Cimmerillion, if I remember correctly. I have, I've, I've, I've yeah. read excerpts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm getting sorry. there. Yeah, well, eventually. Uh, <laughs> and this has to do with, uh, this could uh, tie in with the union stuff. The world has changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Once that once was is lost. Gladriel said that, right? And that is what happened with the unions. Mm-hmm. But from the ashes, a fire shall be woken. Ooh. A light from the shadow will spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. <laughs> is that Elrond? Did I screw that up? Who said that? <laughs> read the books. I did. I'm uh, almost done with Return no, no, of the King. And, and I mean, read the book, not watch the movie. All right. All right. It was one of them, uh, them Sackville Baggins actually said it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, is it my turn? Yeah, it is your turn. Sorry. How am I supposed to follow up a Lord of the Rings quote? I can't. He won't my thing is going to be so stupid now. Well, my base award is I brought toys to my classroom, and that's it. <laughs> They're cool, I, though. I think your toys are cool. Well, how many? I, I, I got a little ring wraith. That's true. I did give Pickett a ring wraith. So yeah. my mom my mom is moving. We've um, She's been in the house here in Florida, in Orlando, um, for 20 years. 
And um, me and my brother, um, uh, you know, we've accumulated things that we just leave at mom's house. There's musical instruments and, you know, toys and stuff. And when I was younger, I used to collect a lot of action figures and comic books and cards and stuff like that. And I'm not sitting around, contrary to probably what a lot of my students believe, I do not sit around my house just mashing action figures together and zooming planes around. I mean, I say that for the weekends, but... um, (laughs) I have a lot of toys, right? And I just don't know what to do with them. And, and they got to go. I can't keep them. I don't live in a house. I live in an apartment. So they, they need to go somewhere. So I'm saving my favorite ones and I'm bringing them into the classroom. Uh, some of my favorite, most interesting ones. And the others I'm just going to have to sell or donate or whatever. Uh, so Pickett has a ring wraith now. Um, I have some cards that I've given out to people. But uh, one of my favorites is a, is a very strange, and I say toy, but I don't know any child that wants this, um, which is why I gave it to Mr. Aziz. Mr. Aziz is now the proud owner of a 12-inch talking John F. Kennedy action figure. <laughs> oh, my that's, gosh. That's awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, if he'd be talking, he'd have to, the head would have to still be. He does flat. talk. Yeah, so he has, like, a button, uh, like, on his shirt, and you press it, and he's got these long-winded quotes that just don't stop. And he, and he goes on my... And my mom had it in her kitchen for a while. And she was like, you press the button. And he doesn't just say, like, it's not what your country can do for you. He, he just goes on. It's like full speeches. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, it's just a weird thing that I found in, like, like, old KB toys, if anybody remembers that. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And why does it exist? So uh, it exists. And I didn't want to just put it to the trash heap of ephemera. So it's in Mr. Aziz's room right now. He has a, a tiny JFK. You know, it's appropriate, too, because he replaced uh, Mr. Farias, who was the um, expert on JFK 1960s history and all was that. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. So it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, my base award is lame, but I can't get over that freaking Chinese balloon, dude. Like, I've Which been thinking one? about that Chinese spy balloon. Oh, I've been balloon. thinking about it, like, all week. It's, like, been driving me crazy. It's, like, it's so well, ridiculous. Well, you know what's funny? The balloon is also thinking about you. <laughs> I just keep thinking about like this this giant balloon flying, and apparently multiple have flying over to the United States. Everyone's just like looking at it, and I don't know what it's trying to achieve. I don't know what China is trying to achieve from it. But the the, the punchline for me was I watched the video of it getting blown up with like a million dollar missile, like mm-hmm. we we're talking about before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was that like my raise? Right, yeah. <laughs> was, was, that, was that my... Oh, crap. <laughs> there it goes. And, yeah. and then the, the part where the balloon's like just like fluttering down, like it's all deflated. It's, it right. takes forever to hit the ocean. Like yeah. that's how I feel as every, well. T- every time you have to drive like two hours, three hours to a place that would easily be like 30 minutes by train or you, you drive on a bridge full of potholes, you just think about that million dollar missile that blew up a balloon. <laughs> God bless America. God Gender bless reveal America. balloon? Yeah, right? yeah. What color was the smoke that came out of the balloon? It was red, like it's Chinese a assu- no. <laughs> It's a little early to be assuming. You know, yeah. Well, I thought it was a neutral white. You know, it's, maybe it's non-binary. So the balloon is the new pope. Neutral. That means the balloon is the new pope. White smoke. The balloon yeah, is the new pope. <laughs> 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 all right. So that's all we have for today. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of PCTA's Fire Podcast. Um, I'm Brennan Pickett, and as always, stay cool, and we'll see you again. Peace out. So long.
Hey everyone. We would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10 a.m., as well as a 5 p.m. meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.